again, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody we're here, ready to bring you Chapter 24 of Hunter Hunted Hybrid Wars, my third dip into the Clan Mason series. Always, if you can like, share and subscribe to this wherever you can, and leave feedback at sites like fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. All of your thoughts and feelings are always appreciated, and I always love reading what you guys have thought, and what you're thinking, and the directions you want me to go in. And if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, why don't you check out Stormrider while you're there? My original story told on that one site and that one site only. And you know, if big girly dragon-esque girls, orcs, elves, magical realms, multiple worlds and undead are your thing, check it out, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy it. And also while you're there, why don't you check out the ghostly link section. Pick yourself up a copy of Mortis from either Smashwords or from Amazon. Help support me and keep me doing what I love bringing unlikely alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP or anything to do with it. This is all fan fiction. I'm just here to keep the Huntresses happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 24, The Dawn of War. Smoke yawned softly and stretched his slightly aching muscles. And as he did, he felt six pairs of arms tighten their grip on him. Well... Five to be exact, as one of them was busily playing with his hair, twirling it between her fingers, and playing with it in general. He turned his head so he could hear the soft thumping of Vippy's heart on her, in her chest, and as he turned his head, he rested his face on her soft breasts. Morning, beautiful. Did you sleep well? She asked softly, and Smoke smiled up at her. Slept like six sexy surface stalkers fucked me into bliss said, making her laugh softly. Yes, there is something to be said for that human stamina of yours. You can safely say not a single one of our boys would have been able to pull off satisfying half of us, let alone all six, she said with a sly smile. Well then, aren't you glad that you picked a human for your pride mail? Smoke said playfully and Vippy leaned down and kissed his first his forehead and then his mouth. Happier than I can ever put into words, our beautiful one. But I need to know, are you happy? You don't have any regrets now that the break of a new day dawns, do you? She asked softly and surprisingly nervously for her. Smoke couldn't eat, move either of his arms because they were being cuddled. And by the very soft and warm places his hands seemed to be clamped. He didn't really want to move them anyway. Or he might very well trigger another orgy. So instead he settled for leaning up and planting a kiss on each of Vippy's breasts, making sure to get each of her nipples into the kiss, before kissing the tip of her snout as she opened her mouth to gasp. Not a single second of regret, my little love. What male could possibly have regret waking up to the six of you, knowing that he now belongs to all of you? He said, and Vippy smiled. I'll give you this, beautiful human boy. You do know how to charm a Raptorian girl's heart with your words made of honey. Not to mention your fur made of silk and your skin made of soft velvet like leather. Never seen my pride so happy as they were last night in your arms, or lost in their passions with you. I, dare, I never even dared to dream that such joy and pleasure could exist in this world. But seeing what you did for us so freely, for all of us, made my heart thump for joy. I will, for, I will forever remember the first touch of your hands upon my scales. The first kiss of your lips upon mine, and the first moment of feeling so connected 
to you as I took you within me for the first time. Pippi said and smoke kissed her again. Well, that makes two of us, he said softly. I think it would be more accurate to say that makes seven of us. Because trust me, not one of us is ever going to forget this night. No matter how many times we hopefully get to repeat it. Seema said, lifting her head from Smoke's chest to smile at them both, while gently twirling Smoke's chest hair in her fingers. Smoke leaned in and planted a kiss on Seema's snout and then on her lips. As well as he leaned back, now he saw other sleepy heads beginning to pop up all over his body, looking equally as kissable. So he did so, making sure to get each of them a good morning kiss from their new pride mail. It took quite like a while for them to actually get up and out of bed, as not one of them wanted to actually let go of their new human love. But eventually they all tore themselves away from him, and Smoke was treated to quite the scene of watching them stretching as he got up before him, before they all hoisted him up and ushered him off to the bathroom for a shower with them all, where they could all wash off the evidence of previous night's activities. Smoke once again insisted on washing his girls in the shower, though as he did have to step out while they initiated a sand scrub mode, as he did rather like his skin attached to his muscles and not floating around the room in strips. Though as if washing six ravishing reptilian, reptilian girls down wasn't enough, he got a second impromptu treat when they started cleaning their teeth. Where he sat on the edge of the bath, he had a perfect view of the sinks and the girls as they leaned over them to begin scrubbing. The sight of three perfect raptorian rear ends wiggling about and three luscious long tails waving about as they bent over the sinks was simply too much for smoke to bear. He had to act. Vippy was at the centre sink while Seema was to her right and Skeever was to her left. The other three were sat waiting their turns and as one all three of them turned to watch him as he stealthily approached the three unsuspecting girls. He held up a finger to his lips to silence them as to not alert his targets and they all blinked at him curiously. Slowly and stealthily, Smoke got down on his knees behind Vippy, being careful to breathe through his nose so his breath wash wouldn't alert her, until with the speed of a striking cobra, he pushed his face up under her tail, in between those orbs of exquisite feminine beauty, and ran his tongue right up and into her womanhood. Vippy was so taken by utter surprise by this sneak attack that she very nearly swallowed her toothbrush, letting out the trill of pure surprise and pleasure that a hot human squirmy invading tongue had caused her. An event that was being repeated to her left and right as both ha Smoke's hands struck with the same speed as his tongue and had now all three of them bent, bent over the sinks completely powerless by a surprise attack. Vippy wailed and squealed as Smoke's tongue dove deep into her loins as it would go, tasting her very insides. Both Seema and Skeever were wailing their own prayers as human digits invaded them. Vippy tasted, in Smoke's humble opinion, completely divine. He couldn't get enough, hungrily swirling his tongue around, seeking surfaces that had not been licked clean of their honey-sweet nectar yet. It also seemed to be the surprise of being ambushed like this had had the surprising effect, sending the girls' arousal shooting up, because it had been the last thing in the world they'd actually been expecting. So at literally no time at all, all three of them let out incredibly loud trills as they released together, succumbing as one to their human pride male's assault. As Smoke released them, the three of them sagged onto the sinks, panting heavily, and Smoke sat back on his haunches and licked his lips clean, giving the other three an evil smile. 
can I say? I'm weak-willed. If I have three utterly perfect scaly apples aimed at me, and three luscious long tails waving about like that, I just can't resist taking a bite, he said playfully, in what he hoped was a sultry tone. The three sat waiting to their turn to clean their teeth, looked at him, then at their sister still trying to prop themselves up on shaky rubbery legs, and then at him again. We're so going to have the cleanest teeth in the whole city, Uma said and the other two nodded in unison. After helping their completely confused and giggly sisters away from the sink, still clutching their toothbrushes like somehow they had been responsible for their current states, the other three took their previous positions with Uma in the middle and Frieda and Lima to her sides. As one, they lifted their tails together and began waving them back and forth to try and draw smoke in, each of them looking hopefully over their shoulders. And again, he came in, and so did they, very vigorously. It turned out that the female Raptorian orgasm was incredibly powerful. Smoke surmised this was to make up for the fact that only a couple of them would get to experience it before their male ran out of stamina, to please his pride. But with him being a human, and a very healthy hunter at that, this wasn't a problem. So now, while three very giggly girls all sat leaning against the bath looking like they'd been drugged, Smoke simply proceeded to wash his face and chest down, and to clean his own teeth, with the rather large brush they'd given him. You get the feeling he was rather pleased with himself. But what he didn't anticipate was their revenge, because just as he was finishing up and placing his brush into the glass, he was suddenly struck in the back of both knees by what felt like tails being used as whips. His knees instantly buckled. There was not a lot of strength in his sprained one to begin with, so they weren't hard hits to be fair, so they didn't actually cause him any pain, but they did cause him to fall backwards. Whoa! he exclaimed in panic as he began to fall towards the tiles, but instantly four sets of strong hands caught him, and he was guided to the floor where he instantly felt like he was being propped against something soft and warm, something that instantly wrapped a pair of arms and legs around his hips and chest, adding weight to him so that he couldn't sit back up properly. His arms were pulled out to the sides and held down as his legs were splayed and pinned. Now is finally his brain recovered enough of itself to force itself to look up from the sense of loss of momentarily freefall. He found Vippy standing over him and he realised the others were all tying him down. So you like surprise attacks and think it's funny to make a mess of us this early in the morning, do you our male? Let's see how you like it, shall we? She declared in a voice like a war cry. Before he could say a word, he felt a, coil, a tail coil itself around his manhood and his balls and began stroking and swirling, using her feather tip to very great effect. Vippy was stood with one foot on his chest, applying just enough weight to hold him down, though he had noticed she'd raised every single one of her claws as to not risk recutting his skin by accident. His mind very quickly began to go foggy and he began to struggle against the binds of the other girls but he didn't have a hope of breaking free. Oh, no, you don't, our pretty one. You're not going anywhere till you get what's coming to you. A surface stalker always gets a revenge, especially for an unprovoked attack such as this, Pippi declared. But, 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 I was provoked. You, you can't waste something that tasty at me and expect me not to want to take a bite. Smoke managed to stammer through the incredible sensations of having his foreskin peeled back and his tip tickled by Vippy's feather. Hmm, you have a good point there, pretty one. I agree. 
You can't show a female something this juicy and succulent and not expect her to have a taste, she said in a low, sultry voice. With that, she uncoiled her tail from around his manhood and lowered herself onto, his, onto her knees between his splayed legs, before with a very predatory look in her eyes, swallowing his whole manhood in her mouth. Smoke's brain just turned to mush as the sensation of Vippy's tongue coiled around his shaft and rippling up and down it while running around his super-sensitive glands was just too much for him. At this rate, he knew he wouldn't last long at all, and he tried his best to fight it, but the more he fought, the harder she squeezed and licked and sucked, until with a groan that sounded half like a growl, smoke erupted right into her eager, greedy mouth. Once again, she licked him clean, along with her own lips and teeth. Vippy very slowly kissed her way up his body, only stopping to lick both of his nipples and to nip his neck, before planting her mouth finally on his. Now we're even, our sneaky pretty one, but I must confess I will be looking forward to seeing what our oh-so-clever human comes up with for his next attack. She purred in his ear and Smoke smiled at her in a kind of groggy, dreamy way. Guess I better get my thinking cap on her, he said, and there was a few chuckles around him. No, just your armour for now. Come on, we have to go and see the high priestesses and her pride before we have to go and see the command pride. And just be clear, be on your best behaviour while you're there. No sneaking acts, please, Vippy said warningly and Smoke grinned at her. What about regular ones? Am I allowed those? He asked and they all chuckled again. Don't make me tie your hands in your pockets altogether, Vippy replied, making Smoke chuckle. Talking about tying me up already? Didn't know my pride was such a kinky one. He said, making Vippy look rather startled and her feathers ruffle like crazy. And this caught his attention. Hey, what's wrong? I was just joking. I'm not being serious, you know. He said, looking at her. They'd already released his limbs now and lifted a hand to stroke Vippy's face. It's um just that binding or tying down a male for such things is considered incredibly taboo here. In fact, some of us would go far as to call us deviants for what we just um did in restraining you the way we did. Something like that done without a male's express permission could get a pride into a lot of trouble. It could seriously scare or upset their male, making him cry or worse. And if someone else found out, she said, as they all said as one, the smoke instantly saw the problem. And his defensive instincts kicked right in and the... That went to, into overdrive. He began reaching round and pulling all of them around his sides, including Seema from behind him. And with three of them each in, in each arm, he drew them all into a tight hug. I know you would never do anything to me that I'm not comfortable with, and I know that you're all watching me closely, so closely at times to see that if I begin to show any signs of discomfort or fear, that you'd instantly stop. And for the record, I enjoyed what we just did a great deal, and I'm looking forward to the same or similar again. I have no problem with relinquishing my control to you girls, because I know you would never hurt or harm me. I trust you all completely, and don't worry, what we do together as a pride in the privacy of our home is our business, and no one else's. And trust me when I say I do love your dominant sides, just as I love those secret submissive sides you've all been hiding your entire lives. Don't think I didn't notice when those tails went up when I went down and in for the kill. Not one of you pulled away now, did you? You just let me take control. 
And why do you think that is? He said very softly. Because we love and trust you. They all chimed together. And I feel the same way about you, my sugar tails. I belong to you as much as you belong to me. Together as equals in love, pride and passion. He said and all six of them clung to him like their lives depended on it. Though he did hear a soft whisper of someone thanking the great tree for giving their pride their own angel to love. But he was more thankful because either Lady Pyre or the great tea had sent him six scaly angels to love. So it was somewhat unfair really. Eventually they did break their hug and finally got themselves dressed. Smoke actually did put his armour back on this time and no sooner had his leg been encased in the supportive armour and his joint was reinforced by the servers of the armour's power-assisted movement system than his leg instantly began to feel better. The armour also noticed the damage and applied a dose of painkillers and healing enzymes to speed things up, as it was programmed to do, to put him back into the fight, so to speak. They had a light breakfast, as they didn't want to be late to see the head priestess's pride. So they opted to have some simple cereal and protein bars. Apparently took their protein from some kind of fish that lived in the underground lakes that Raptorians farmed. Smoke actually found himself surprised, because if they hadn't have told him, he'd have never guessed that there was fish in it. So it really didn't taste like it at all. It really just tasted like a very sweet mixture of honey and a kind of syrup. Once they were slightly fed... It was time to head back out into the city. To their surprise, when the pride opened their door, they almost immediately tripped over a couple of brightly coloured hamper-style baskets that had been left on their doorstep. Vippy lifted one up and found it to be full of fruit and what appeared to be a little gift-style box of homemade cookies. There was also a card with a picture on it and she began to read. Dear human male visitor, thank you for saving myself and my son as well as our friends. If it wasn't for you, that mimic would have surely eaten us. You saved our lives, and for that, myself and my pride are incredibly grateful. We did not want to disturb your time with your pride last night, so we left these gifts for you as a token of our thanks for what you did for us. You will be forever in our hearts. Yours joyfully, Kendar Brightfeather. Vippy read aloud. She turned over the card see a picture of the males that Smoke had saved in the recreation zone yesterday, along with their children and their prides all around them. In total, there were 32 Raptorians in that one photograph, and there were three more baskets just like it lined up in a neat little row. The one had a hand-stitched little Raptorian dolly with a name tag on it. My name is Reza, and I belong to the proud pride who saved me and my daddy. It is my job to keep this pride safe on the surface so their male will never be sad because they didn't come home. Seema read aloud, looking like she might tear up. She looked hopefully at Vippy and the others, who as one nodded, and she tucked the little dolly into her pouch for safekeeping while they moved the gifts inside their home. Seems you've made quite the impression on our people already, Smoke. But do you now see why we place such great importance on male safety? Not more because we want to repress or coddle or even control them. Simply look at how many of our kind are in this one photograph. The loss of even one of those males would devastate the minimum seven other lives. That's before we got to their parent pride and every other family. Every pride values the safety and well-being of its males above all other things. A pride would happily go without food so that their male could eat and be strong. 
It's just our way, we all said together, surrounded him. Uma taking one of his hands, and this time Skiva getting to hold the other, while Vippy took point position ahead of them. Smoke nodded, really starting to understand that now. They rode down in the elevator to the ground floor, and no sooner did they exit it that Vippy noticed something and froze up. The whole pride bristled and went on alert, and this instantly affected Smoke too. He quickly used the command word to activate his helmet, which was used if his hands were busy or if he needed to activate it without pressing the switch, say he was using his rifle. It shot up and clicked into place and activated his HUDs and sensors. What is it? he growled, eyes scanning for threats, but only seeing happy-looking Raptorian prides going about their day. Hell, looking at them, you'd never even know that there was a war on. Press, Vippy growled, indicating a pride of females all with microphones and another all carrying cameras and sound equipment. It didn't take a genius Zeno to work out why they were there. Easy, girls, I got this, Smoke said, and they looked at him curiously. Every hunter is trained by Grand Matriarch Tick Aleph Mason herself on the importance of diplomacy. There's no point hiding me from them. It's a good chance to not only build bridges, but to have me make you and the others like you look good in the eyes of your people. Might not be the grand speaker or the stirrer of our heart of hearts and minds that our grand patriarch is. And trust me, that guy could probably get ants to fight for him. But I know what I need to say when I need to say it, Smoke said. Vippy looked a little reserved but nodded and began to lead him out. Smoke re- retracting his helmet once again, realising only when the press pride saw him and made a beeline for him that he still had it on and he still had bead braids in his hair. And it wasn't exactly going to take a genius to work out what kind of quality time he'd been spending with the pride. Oh well, he now he felt no shame about it or them. Mr. Human, Mr. Human, we're from Pride Life Today News. Can we trouble you for a quick few words, please? Pride of reporters all dressed in smart-looking pan-style suits, with their feathers primped to look very business-like, said, all thrusting microphones at him. Of course, a proud hunter of Clan Mason never shies from speaking the truth to the public, he said, and they all beamed at that. Vippy and the others kept a tight perimeter all around them, scanning for threats in all directions. Is it true that you soothed a group of males from the Mimic attack in the recreation zone yesterday? He asked and Smoke nodded. Honestly, I didn't know they were males at the time and simply acted. The cornerstone and queen of Clan Mason is to protect the innocent, whoever and wherever they may be. The fact that someone was in danger and that I was able to act was more than enough for me. But I'm more than sure that your guard prides would have gotten there in time even if I had not. Plus, they had a pride of surface stalkers with them to aid them. So I had no doubt that those males would have been safe and sound even without my intervention. Smoke said, and he noticed Vippy and the others all puffed their chests out proudly. Mr. Human, they began again, but Smoke cut them off. Please, call me Smoke, he said, and that threw them slightly, but then they picked right up again. Right, yes, Smoke it is. Is it true that you yourself are a surface stalker, and you were in fact on the surface when this pride of surface stalkers right here found you and brought you here? They asked. I'm what we call a hunter pathfinder. I belong to a collective of different species made up of humans like me, Yajuta, a tough and large race of incredibly strong and proud warriors, and Xenomorphs, our incredibly kind, smart healers and fixers of all things big and small. 
We came here after receiving a message passed to us by our new allies, the Serpentinus. They informed us of your people's plight and the invasion of your sovereign homeworld. We at Clan Mason have bore such blatant and vile evil intent as to attempt to subjugate a species like this, and we will not stand for it. So right now, as we speak here, my people are up there on the surface, helping your people to fight the Scalathor and the Draconis, so that we may aid you in driving them from your world, so that the proud Raptorian people may remain as free as the great tree intended them to be, Spoke said, and the looks of happiness in the crowd that had gathered morphed into clapping and cheering. With such a positive reaction, Smoke decided to press his advantage further. And while, yes, that it is true that the brave and courageous surface stalkers here before me found me alone on the surface, I got separated from my battle group by an unfortunate circumstance. But this led me to be able to bear witness to their, and indeed others just like them, attacking the Scalathorn Draconis that dared to set foot on your beloved homeworld. I must say, brave and courageous warriors, one and all, they are. So I decided to follow them, in the hope that they might lead me to your people as part of our mission was to link up with your people as soon as possible after our arrival, so that we may hash out a battle plan together that makes both use of your skills, knowledge and might of your brave surface stalkers, while also making use of the power and ex expertise of the clan mason warriors, who stand ready to aid their Raptorian sisters in their struggle, so that together, just like a mighty pride of unity, we might drive, drive these vile invaders from your soil and return it to its rightful owners, never again to be sullied, Smoke said with such pride and passion that he saw some of the crowd starting to tear up. Before the reporters could further barrage him with more questions, Vippy and the others quickly interjected. Now, if you'll please excuse us, we have important business with which we need to attend. Thank you very much, he said and quickly began to steer Smoke out. Yes, thank, of course, thank you for your time. And there you have it, gentle males and ladies, an exclusive interview with the mysterious and heroic male sa saviour himself, Smoke the Hunter of Clan Mason, exclusive on Pride Life Today News, the reporter said into their cameras, as Smoke was hurried away through the baying crowd who wanted to catch a glimpse of the warrior male dressed in gold, who now walked among them. Finally, the pride broke free of the scrum, and hurried him towards the shrine, which was pretty obvious as it was a rather large building, absolutely covered in the beauty of nature. Did you really mean what you said back there? Vippy finally asked as they were got far enough away. Every word of it, why? Smoke asked, confused. Suddenly they all stopped and closed in on him, hugging him from all sides all at once. Thank you, Smoke. You've probably done more in one go for the plight of surface stalkers than we could have done in ten years. We've always had trouble recruiting prides for our ranks, but after hearing and seeing that, I have no doubt we'll have prides beating a path to a recruiting office ready to do their part. Hearing the words of the beautiful alien male who walked our surface all on his own, and thinking to themselves, if he can do it, so can we. Because how can we let a male fight for us if we are not willing to fight for ourselves? It is a feeling that will stir the hearts of all true Raptorian females. Oh, and thank you for your kind words about us, and not mentioning, well, you know, what we did to you before we knew what you were, they said. Smoke hugged his girls right back, not caring a single shit who saw them for a single nanosecond. They were his pride now, and he would care for them in every way possible.
Girls, that's in the past. Mistake made and learned from. I've forgiven it, and therefore for me it's done. No need to ever mention it again, or carry a second of guilt for it, he said, planting a kiss on the tip of each snout around him. So it is, as the great tree whispered to us then. A male with a heart as golden as his armour would soon walk among us, ready to tame the wildest of hearts with a love so powerful and wild-fired, but as soft and as gentle as silk. A chorus of unfamiliar voices said from behind them, and the pride broke and turned themselves only to find themselves facing a pride of seven beautifully dressed raptorians. They wore long flowing gowns made of what looked to be some kind of white silk, with flowers made from a variety of materials and a rainbow of colours all over them. High priestesses, please forgive our boorish behaviour in your presence, Ippy and the others exclaimed, bowing before them. The priestesses all laughed in high, soft voices. Oh, come now, our children. Do you honestly believe we would be angry for such a display of pure love before the great tree? Nothing makes the great tree happier than her beloved children finding love for themselves and planting the seeds of beauty that will sprout and grow into the most wonderful of things. New life for her to nurture and guide, the priestess pride said, moving into surround smoke and to get a better look at him. Instantly he noticed them all staring rather intently at his badges on his chest. Almost specifically, the Pathfinder badge, which itself was a tree. So it was as her seeds of knowledge predicted. The warrior male, dressed in gold, with a heart even more golden, with a soul of fire and a tree upon his chest, stands before us with a pride of his own, ready to stand for the great tree and all of her children. In the name of the great eternal huntress Lady Pyre, the pride said. You know of our lady? Smoke exclaimed in surprise and they giggled again and nodded. The great tree knows many things. Her great roots stretch far and wide on worlds where her children roam, and even on worlds blackened by the vileness of the seeds of darkness and chaos. She sees the roots have taken hold in the hearts of her beloved children, and it brings us such pain and sadness. And now they come here to try and spread that blackness and death to our garden paradise. This voice is becoming both angry and sad towards the end of that. This is not going to happen. Clan Mason will drive them from this place with their tail between their legs. And they still have, if they still have them at all. Smoke snarled and they smiled at him brightly and almost knowingly. Yes, she whispered that the pair that stand for all would come. The male, who is the left hand of the eternal huntress, would set foot upon our soil and purge it of the darkness, and he would lead the soul, touched by ones to touch, to fight against the darkness with might and fury of his truest love at his side. And together, they would be the ones who would call the universe itself, who would hear their purest loves, would light a fire in every heart that saw it, a light so bright that it would shrink back the darkness and hold it at bay until the time comes when the one who would banish it for good and destroy it would come. They are the right hands and left hands of the eternal huntress, her blessed ones, one of her own children who hunts darkness and evil wherever she finds it, and a male touched by the goddess herself, a child of a race only now beginning to dip its toes in the great sea of black. 
both kidnapped and brought together under terrible and vile circumstances, but forged a love so strong it freed them both. One is the freer of souls, the other the breaker of chains. Together they are the light of the universe, the bride said with such incredible accuracy that Smoke nearly fell to his knees at the recounting of the tale of Jack Mason and Tick Ellis, his grand patriarch and matriarch. While they were saying this, Vippy and the rest of his brides just stared at him open-mouthed. That, that, that's who Clan Mason are? The light of the universe? They all exclaimed in perfect unity and the priestesses nodded. Yes, our children. You are good students of the Chronicles of the Great Tree. So it is no surprise to us that you've heard the tale. But now that you see it, there's more than that. You only heard the public version. What you have just heard now is the version known only to the pride of high priestesses. A secret passed from pride to pride since the time of great sorrow. Sacred knowledge kept safe for the day that one day the truth finally stepped into the light of the world and we would be ready to greet its harbinger. And here he stands at last, hand in hand with a pride of his own, already bringing the power of the untrained heart to our people. Now, come. We have much to discuss, discuss, but first we must perform the ceremony. The bride's dead said, stepping forward and taking hold of both Vippy's bride and Smoke and guiding them towards a large cone-shaped temple that was completely covered in plants. In fact, it actually looked like a giant hanging garden surrounded by little trees. Ceremony? Smoke asked and the priestesses all nodded together. Yes, the wedding ceremony. There are undoubtedly those in the military who would seek to undo or even subvert what the great tree and the eternal huntresses themselves have sought to sow, and we will not let that happen. Too long have we waited for this day to let yet another great sorrow before us, because of short-sightedness. So on this day we will join our peoples together, in the sight of the great tree and the eternal huntress. We will make a bond that none can break. Clan Mason and the Raptorian people will be one. United. Your love for young Vippy and her pride will be the beacon that lights the fire in the hearts of every Raptorian, because no Raptorian, regardless of rank, will ever break the roots that the great tree lays ever again. They said, and Smoke's jaw fell open. He was getting married? Vippy and the others seemed just as dumbstruck as Smoke did, as they were hurried through the shrine, which was basically a huge indoor garden. There were no pews, just grass for people to sit and offer their prayer and thanks to the great tea for the bounty of her garden. In fact, even the altar had been grown, not made. It was the roots of an absolutely beautiful and grand tree that stood towering in the centre of the shrine, with leaves like shimmering rainbows that seemingly couldn't decide on what colour they wanted to be. This is the Nexus tree. One of these trees grows on each world blessed by the great tree. It spreads her influence and love to nature all around it. It joins us to her, and her to us. Okay, now I'm sure you girls know how this goes. There's not a pride alive that doesn't know the speech and sets the vows by heart. So please, assume your positions while we make everything ready, he said, pushing Vippy and the others into a ring around smoke. They all looked completely flabbergasted, and they all looked at him while the priestesses rushed around off behind the nexus tree. Are you sure you want to do this, Smoke? Raptorian weddings are for life, you know. This is it. 
Once we do this and say these vows, there's no going back. The Aston Smoke actually felt a little hurt by that. My love is forever, you know. It wasn't just like I was planning on having some fun with you girls and then jumping the shuttle and leaving you a goodbye note. What kind of mail do you take me for? He said, voicing his hurt. We all finched at that and instantly stepped in to hug and comfort him. We're sorry, Smoke, we didn't mean it like that. We were of course surprised by this ourselves, but we're happy about it. For the moment you accepted our feelings, they've grown stronger and stronger by the second. And we know our hearts belong to you for life. We just wanted to be sure you felt the same. We didn't want you to feel pressured into something against your will, they said. These priestesses nailed it right on the head when they said about how I felt about you. I've never even set on eyes on them before, and they knew exactly how I felt about you guys. I love you with all my heart. I have no idea how or why, but I do. And any child of Pyre knows that the, when the Eternal Huntress whispers to your heart, you fucking well listen. So yes, I will be your husband, and I will be fucking proud to be so. I will hold my head up high and say with all of my might, These are mine, and I am theirs, and no one has the right to judge me for it. Because I love you. All of you, he said softly. And if they do judge you, they'll answer to Clan Mason for it. A very familiar but at the same time strange-sounding voice said from the shadows. And smoke whirled on his heels. In fact, they all did. As they turned, a glowing figure stepped out from between the roots of the tree. It seemed to be made of grey and blue smoke. But was instantly recognisable as Jack Mason. G Grand Patriarch? Smoke exclaimed, pulling himself up ramrod straight, slamming into a crisp salute. At ease, kid. No need to be saluting on your wedding day. So, this is where you've been hiding, eh? Gotta say, definitely could have picked a worse place, the apparition that looked like Jack said in an oddly echoed voice. I, uh, sort of got captured, but it's fine now. Just a misunderstanding. A meeting with the Raptorian Command Prize later to discuss on how to locate you guys and fight back. Speaking of which, how the hell are you down here? Smoke said. Question we too would like answered. Rippy's parade said moving from their defensive ring around Smoke to analyse Jack. One of them swung a hand through, through him and the leg would have been in there, dissipated like Smoke before reforming to be whole again. You know, it's not exactly polite to run your hand through a spirit, young lady. Jack said playfully as he watched in complete shock and horror spread across all their faces. You're, you're dead? An alien male has perished on our planet? They all exclaimed. Jack roared with laughter and shook his head. No, not dead. Simply doing a soul walk. I met up with Seeker Silver Diamond Scale. And your team. Told me what happened, so I decided that once we'd set up a secure place for the night, do a bit of a soul walk to see if, I could, if the local spirits would guide me to you. Met up with this really charming great tree that everyone keeps talking about. And he sent me through here to what he called the Spirit Nexus. Because he said it was really important that not only did I find you, but I bore witness to what was about to happen. He said it was about to be instrumental to both our people. And now I can see why. Can't exactly remember I remember authorising R&R. But since it's for the good of diplomacy, I'll let it slide this time. Though I'd still expect my wife to have you and your new wives here doing push-ups before getting married on her time rather than your own if I were you. Jack said, flashing on them all that smile that had won a thousand years you to hearts over. 
Suddenly the high priestesses all returned carrying an assortment of odd-looking vestments and what looked like flower circlets. But they all stopped dead when they saw Jack standing there. But by the great tree herself, it's the left hand of the Eternal Huntress, they all exclaimed, somehow recognising Jack. You know me? Jack asked, sounding confused. The great tree whispered to us that on this day the one whose light of love shone Tyburn Raptoria, and when the chain of sorrow finally breaks, you would be the one to stand guard over the one who broke it. The child of Pyre, dressed in gold, with a golden heart, the bringer of love's light. And here you are, sent as a spirit to us through the Nexus. They all said, and suddenly a huge smile broke out on Jack's face as he strode conf confidently towards them. I see you, sisters. I see you for what you truly are. No longer need you hide in shadow. No longer you need fear the strength you are given. No longer may those chains bind you, as once my greatest and truest love broke the chains that bound me, and how her love keeps me strong and props me up. Now I break your chains. Come from the dark, young ones. Come into the light. Answer the call the great tree makes and awaken. Awaken, sisters. Awaken, dream warriors. Take your place, Jack said before lifting his hands and a light flash from the nexus tree, like someone had just switched on a freedom tree tree inside it. The light shot from its branches down in a million of tentacles, slamming into Jack's back before it stretched out of his hands, and a new lighter, whiter and brighter than any sunlight hit each of the high priestesses in the chest, making their eyes glow and their feathers crackle with an electrical charge. They rose into the air and hovered briefly before settling back down now with their feathers all bleached whiter than even smokes and snow-white hair. We, we, we see, we see it all. Oh, by the great tree, it's beautiful. It's all so beautiful, they cried together. The chains that bind you are broken. Now you are free and awake. Hear not whispers of the one that touched your unborn souls. Now hear the voice, proud and true, and let her guide you. Welcome, sisters. Welcome, dream warriors. Welcome to the beginning of your true lives, Jack Mason said, folding his arms over his chest. So the reason the high, tree, high priestesses have been able to hear the voice of the great tree all this time was because they'd been sleeping dream warriors, those touched but never fully awakened to find their own powers on their own. Smoke was no expert on the subject, but he'd heard that it was rare, and right here, Jack had just awoken seven of them in one go, most likely the first that Raptoria had ever had. Each of them now knelt before him, and Jack raised them up quickly. No, you do not bow before me, before you take my colours. Only Seekers and Clan member Mason members do that. The only one a free dream warrior bows to is the one that touched their soul, he said firmly. Thank you, left hand of Pyre. You have no idea what this means to us or for the future of Raptoria, he said, and Jack smiled and nodded. You are most welcome, young ones, and I honestly look forward to finding out. Now, if you'd be so kind, my time in this form is kind of limited, and I have a flesh and blood body that which is rather missing its soul. So, if you'd please, he said, gesturing to Vippy's pride and smoke. Ah, yes, the wedding, of course. Quickly, sisters. 
they said, and suddenly the whole lot of them were surrounded. And to their absolute surprise, Lippy and her pride were stripped completely naked. Before they could even protest, they were being painted and have flowers put into their feathers and circlets on their heads, as well as little bells being hung on their tails. Now, dream warriors or not, the priestesses couldn't exactly get into Smoke's armour without his say-so, so they politely had to ask him to remove it, which, until he glanced at his naked pride, all stood there painted with beautiful little symbols on their scales and flowers all over them, he would have hesitated to do. But upon seeing the look, seeing that, he took the whole thing off and the priestesses descended upon him. The beads were unwoven from his hair except for the two braids that formed bangs on his face. Then he had flowers and little ornaments woven back into it. His skin was painted with a rainbow of coloured symbols. He was sure were Raptorian words, but he couldn't be completely sure. Before finally, he was placed into the circle of his pride at the centre. And his girls all joined hands to form a ring around him. This is our most sacred and ancient wedding tradition, formed after the time of the Great Sorrow, a time where... For our vile and horrific treatment of our sacred and beloved males, we were punished by the great tree herself, calling all of those beautiful souls home to her so that they would be free of pain and suffering and leaving us to be near alone, making us atone for the sins we had committed against our own kind. Even now the scar of it marks our race so that we may never forget what we did. We now wear it with a mixture of shame and of pride a testament to what we did and to what was done to us. Now we true see her truth and now we understand that males are not put here for our entertainment or to satisfy our basest instincts. They are here for us to cherish and to love so that that love may grow in seeds which will spread and add beauty to the great garden itself. So now one pride takes into it a male. They form a circle of protection of love, of joy. This pride will now swear before not only the great tree herself, but the left hand of the eternal huntress, and that they will honour him, love him, protect him and care for him, and cherish him every day of his life from here on in. Then the male will accept or deny them, before either sealing the bond for eternity or denying it fully, the priestess has said. They nodded at Vippy's pride to begin. I swear with all that I am and all that I you see before you, I will love you, cherish you, care for you and protect you from all harm. You will be our greatest joy and our purest love. This we swear before the great tree herself, Vippy's pride said in perfect unison, and then everyone looked at Smoke expectantly. I accept your claim upon me. I promise to love you all, care for you all, cherish you all and place myself into your hands and ask you to care for me. From now until the day I enter my eternal hunt, I am your husband, Smoke said, and we are your wives, the bride said, and with that they all closed in and hugged him all at once, smearing that paint that they were all covered in all over by pressing so tightly. We now pronounce you all a life pride. Bring further new life to the great tree and great gardens, young ones. And let your love light up the darkness, as it here is it lit up your hearts, the priestesses said. That's when Jack Mason stepped forward. This unison is also recognised and blessed by Clan Mason. 
who are welcome among us young Raptorians. As Grand Patriarch, I decree from that this moment forward you are granted citizenship upon our world, and should the day come when you wish to spread your wings among the stars, you may call our home yours, for now the shield of the clan protect you, wherever you may roam. Call, and we will come for you, for we all are guardians, he said, touching each of them in turn, and then he turned to smoke. I'm proud of you, young hunter. You've done the cloud clan proud this day. When you head back to us on the surface, we're at the base of a large mountain and overlooks the valley where the FOB is located. Bring as many Raptorians as we can, and we'll really get this fucking party started. The tamers really have a nasty surprise waiting for the Scalthorn to con us up there, so just don't take too long, Jack said with a last bow to all of them. He vanished, like smoke on the breeze. Smoke looked at his all new naked wives as they all still clung to him. When you meet him in person and the battle's done, young one, please tell him to come to us. We'd very gratefully like to thank him for what he'd done for us, and that we'd very much have much to discuss with him, the high priestess has said, and Smoke nodded. I will, I swear, he said before turning to his pride, who now finally released him. Well, girls, we'd better get dressed and head over to the command pride. We've got a water wage, he said, and with that, quick as a flash, they covered up their paint-smeared bodies and went running across the city. It was time, as Jack Mason himself had said, to really get this fucking party started. So that was chapter 24, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like Smoke and his girls have got the work cut out for them. But how will they handle the surface? And will they be able to win the war? Gonna only be one way to answer that question, and so many more. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.